What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-host, Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, Hogline Nation. You're listening to the 265th? Yes, I almost said 256. What did I say? It's 265. That's what I meant to say. I had a dyslexia moment there. Um, Well, welcome in, folks. It's just Shreff and I today. No Jack. Uh, Jack shared with me some of his thoughts via a text message conversation. So if I can organically sprinkle it into the Steelers talk, I will. And we'll get to our picks at the end of the show. I don't, we didn't really communicate with Jack of how we're going to take his picks, but can you text him real quick and see if he answers? And then if he doesn't, we'll just, I guess he'll just have pick of whatever we don't pick. Yeah. We could just let him go after we go, I guess. Yeah, but just just text them for me real quick, see if he answers and then has a different idea. But we'll get to that at the end of the show. Um, the Eagles and Steelers both won for the first time in the month. We were saying last episode how we're combined 0-6 between our two teams in the month of December, but mm-hmm. the both teams prevailed. Eagles was a little bit more testy or up in the air, if you will, than the Steelers. But we'll start with the Eagles as we always do. They defeat the Giants on Christmas Day by eight, was it? 33-25? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so Eagles were kind of dominant in a way or had the game in hand in the first half, let the Giants kind of get back into it when they benched Tommy DeVito for Tyrod Taylor. But uh, what were you thinking throughout this game? I'm sure your your heart rate went up a little bit in the third quarter and a little bit in the fourth. Yeah, they uh, they this is just who they are. They make games not uh, easy this year. That's just the way they do it. Um, I've I've mixed thoughts coming out of this game. I would say um, I will. I'll start with the positives, and I think as the weeks going on. I've gotten more positive about it. So for starters, getting off a three-game losing streak, however you win a game, winning a game is big. So I'm happy that they got the win. I don't care who it's against. Um, I said going into this stretch that I wanted to see some beatdowns. They tried to do that in the first half, and the start of the second half just completely derailed any of that that, uh, momentum that they had going for them. Um, I actually thought Jalen Hurts played pretty well as a whole. Um, I thought he made some good throws both in rhythm and out of rhythm when some of the plays were breaking down. The third and 20 throw, that kind of like stopped the bleeding that was kind of going on in the beginning of the third quarter was massive. Um, not just like from a game standpoint, but I would also say just from like a overall vibe standpoint, like I like the, the boo birds were already coming out at that point in the game got it to third and 20. It was like, oh boy, like like they're going to get the ball back. They're going to score. We're going to be losing. He makes that throw, changes everything with that. So a lot of credit to him on that. Um, the interception was just unlucky. Uh, if Goddard stays standing, I don't know if it's like a, I don't, I don't know if it's a catch, but I definitely don't think it's a, it's an interception. I'd like to think it's probably just batted down. Um, they're just unlucky. Uh, you know, obviously the turnovers have been an issue this year. I think they're, just going to continue to be an issue because that seems to be kind of the the identity of this team a little bit. Um, so just hoping that they don't come at the worst possible times, which they've 
kind of tended to so far this year, but I was happy with the way they recovered. Um, thought the running game was great. DeAndre Swift got 20 touches, got up to 92 yards and a touchdown off of that. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell on only six carries at 41 yards. So, I mean, they the running game was working. I thought there were still points in the game where they maybe went away from it more than they should have or could have. Um, but I was, it, it was just nice to see DeAndre Swift get like an actual full, full workload for what felt like the first time in a while. So it, it, it's more of how I'd like to see this offense running. Um, and then the receive, the receivers, I thought this was as probably as balanced as it's been this entire year. Brown, 6 for 80. Smitty, 4 for 79. Goddard, 7 for 71. Gainwell had three catches. Calcaterra had two catches. Like, they were, they were spreading the ball out well. So as a whole, I was, like, I was very much good with the offensive performance. It really comes down to, I mean, Alameda Zacchaeus made a great block on the Devontae Smith touchdown. Um like blocked his guy into the end zone, rolled him over, and I was like, "Whoa, that that was fun." And then twenty five minutes later, he <laughs> gets pushed backwards into his own teammate on the opening kickoff, and they fumble, and the Giants score right after that. And that's just, I mean, those are mistakes that are going to kill a team in the playoffs. So I'd like to, I'd like to think that a guy running into his own teammate on a kickoff won't happen again. But with this team, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna guarantee that it's not gonna happen again. So. uh just got to be better with that. Uh, defensively, um, against DeVito, I was having a great time, uh, kind of bringing him back down to earth a little bit. Uh, I thought the I thought Shaq Leonard actually played pretty well, um, flying around a little bit, made up for the injuries in terms of Cunningham not playing, and I guess Mara didn't play either, yeah. Uh, and then secondary, uh, they gave up one huge play to Darius Slayton, which sunk me in our best ball league which that, that, that's just a whole nother story uh not too thrilled about that one outside of that one play i i, I thought they kind of kept it on the rails well uh Tarad taylor came in and scared him a little bit but um i mean i can't get that mad at him when one of the touchdowns when when one of the touchdowns they gave up was off of that fumble and another one was a pick six so I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they they did what they were supposed to do against a, an offense of this caliber, I would say. So, um, you know, I'm not thrilled about the score. I'm not thrilled about the turnovers and the timing of them and how it just it feels like they just haven't been as good as like with putting teams away this year as they as they were in uh, last year. But I don't know. Like the last couple of days, the the one thing that's kind of been popping in my head and like kind of keeping me calm throughout this at least a little bit is just that like I mean the Ravens have looked really consistent this year but every single team has shown flaws this year and I think it's just like a general NFL statement more than it is like you know like uh, specific towards the Eagles they've had their fair share of issues but at the end of the day there hasn't been a team that's really like jumped out here and said like you're gonna have to go through us I mean the Niners, obviously, when Trent Williams is healthy and everything, but I mean he was healthy for some of the game, and they were still getting, they were still getting rocked a little bit. So I, I don't know. Every team has shown flaws, and while while I think some of the Eagles' flaws might show themselves in a bad way in the playoffs, I I'm gonna stop trying to be like this hard on them, um, simply because no other team has really like jumped forward and grabbed this spot. I mean. I've been talking about the Eagles, like they're dead in the water and they're still, they could still get the one seed in the NFC. So trying to stay rational about things. Um, 
I still think the head coach is an issue. Uh, it feels like these sideline interactions happen weekly, and I do think that's something that falls back on the head coach. Um, it feels like I, I understand that there's like a there has to be like you have to be able to have like tough conversations and you know you you can be able to get a little animated but you have to get past it but when it's happening at this consistent of a rate and i don't know man it just it, it i i've said it from the beginning but he does Sirianni just doesn't have a personality of a guy that i think can like keep a team calm when things aren't going too hot so something to monitor but a win is a win is a win I hate saying a win is a win because it feels like it's every single game they've won this year. But, you know, especially as the games get later into the year like this, a win is is most certainly a win. Yeah, you, you certainly don't want to be too uh, over and uh, over critical of the team. Because like you said, there hasn't there is not a team that especially in the NFC where you think that, OK, if they play their best football that they can beat. And like you said, coming off a losing streak, you're, you're going to take the win any way that they, any way that they can come. And it was a step in the right direction. I, I I would feel like if I were an Eagles fan. And you have two more opportunities to fix up any of those yeah. those issues that you said. So it's not like it's the last regular season game. You're not playing a playoff game next week, but still have two more opportunities to kind of grow and clean some things up, which is nice. Um, yeah, in terms of Sirianni. I right before we started recording, I saw a video on Twitter of him arguing with Hassan Reddick. Do you know anything about that? Is that yeah, what you're referencing? It was, it was him and Reddick on the sideline. Him and Devontae Smith were getting into it. Um, AJ Brown after the game. Uh, I don't I actually didn't see if he got fined for it or not, but he said post game that he wasn't going to be taking questions because he said he was taught if you have nothing nice to say, then then don't say it at all. So I don't know if he got fined for that or not, but it I. In the early parts of the season, I was viewing it more of like it felt like him and Jalen were kind of butting heads. As the seasons progressed with a lot of these guys, it's starting to feel like it's more of a coach-player relationship that, that that feels a little bit of an issue. And like you can kind of feel it just in general. Like I feel like you maybe you've seen it a little too. But like this game was the first time. Like Hertz, as upset as I was with like how the game kind of finished up, her I, I saw Hertz like smile in a post-game interview for the first time in what felt like five six weeks so like that that was nice to see but it, it feels like there's still just like a, a hostility in that locker room a little bit and that that for me is when it falls back on the coach of like hey man like this is a what are they an 11 and 4 football team like you would think you'd be able to keep these guys kind of all in the same boat a little bit and keep them rowing in the same direction but it it, it feels like there's been some things brewing a little bit. Yeah, definitely for sure. I, there's a lot of attributes that you need to have to be a successful head coach uh, in any sport, really, but especially in the NFL. But I, I think, as we've said many times on the show throughout this season, and it's a similar theme, which we'll get to when we when we talk about the Steelers. But yes, there's football. Things like the X's and O's and your your offensive philosophy and whatnot and all of that's very important. But in terms of just like a personality trait, being even keeled, I feel like is one of the most important things. And uh, I, I think that is what kept Tomlin around for so long. 
and for better or for worse, Belichick too. Um, he is he's grouchy. He can be irritable, but he's consistent, and that's what you want. And Sirianni seems like he's up and down, roller coaster, yeah, and it's, all the time. And it's it's the opposite of what the team needs right now because, like, I mean, you can tell just from their reactions and kind of how they it felt like they it feels like they forced things this like. The expectations for both the players and the fans have gone through the roof after what we got to watch last year. And, you know, when when the stakes get higher like that, like there's going to be more pressure in that locker room. There's going to be more pressure on a game-to-game basis to kind of bring your A game. And when you're not quite doing that, it's obviously no one's, you know, no one's going to be like having fun necessarily. But at the same time, it, it, it falls on the coach to like just keep the boat afloat and in the right direction yeah just like have some good messages for the team just to like the long season you know the the goal the goal every time is to like be playing your best football as the playoffs kind of approach a little bit they still have a chance to do that so i like it's on him to get to get this team in the mindset that they need to be in because i mean like we just said like the nfc as we've gotten later and later into the year is becoming more and more wide open. I, I feel like as of four or five weeks ago, the Niners felt like a foregone conclusion. The Cowboys were right up there. All of a sudden, it, it's it's as open as it can get. We're talking about like Rams maybe being able to make a push. Like it is, it's as open as it gets. And the Eagles are going to go in with, you know, as much if not more playoff experience than a lot of these teams. So, uh, I mean, you got to be able to do something about it, right? So it'll be interesting to see. I told Shref before we started recording, I'll be at the game on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. It's the home finale. So we'll see if the Eagles kind of build upon this win or kind of revert back to uh, their old ways. I'm I'm interested to see. You'll get to see it firsthand. I'm interested to see the Gannon reception because I think if the defense was playing well this year, I think I think you'd see you get to see a vintage Philly boo session, but with how in with how weird the defense has been this year, I'm 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 wondering what the reaction's gonna be to him. Yeah. I I don't know what I'm anticipating really. I I, I feel like yes, he, he kind of left with a sour taste. The fans left like his departure left a sour taste yeah. in the, the fans' mouth is the, what I was trying to say. They lost a pick, so like something did happen in terms of the timing of when interviews were being conducted and all that. So that's the weird part. But then then it's weirder because like when you look back on that defense compared to what it's been this year, it, it, it's it's night and day. Right. So yeah, it, it, like you said, I really don't feel like the Eagles fans have a right to do that considering At that. At this point they do not, I would agree. Right. But so now, you know as well as I do that, that that will not stop them from booing if they decide. Yeah. If they're going to boo, boo, they're going to boo. So mm-hmm. Yeah, we we will see how that goes. I will I will report back to see what uh, uh, ensues there at the link on uh, New Year's Eve day. The Steelers, a completely surprising performance, a thirty-four to eleven victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. I cannot remember a time where I didn't have some type of anxiety throughout watching a Steelers game. From start to finish, there was at no point where my faith in us winning that game wavered. 
And that was just a feeling that I forgot what it felt like. I really don't know. Every win this year has, I think every win has been one possession. I can't, I don't think we had a non, like a, a win by eight plus points. I'm, maybe I'm forgetting something, but I really don't think so. And then last year, it seemed like we were just kind of pulling these wins out of our, you know, where, but the offense made it tough to, to get out to those big leads normally, I feel like. Right. So, I mean, I was just really surprised what I was seeing. Mason Rudolph, we, I, I mentioned last week how I didn't have confidence in him, but he really showed up and he played really well. Um, if anyone's not aware, his stats were 17 of 27, 290 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, and he had the highest passer rating of any quarterback that played this week. So, Works. did not have that on my bingo card for this year. He's playing like freely. He really didn't, it looked like he wasn't afraid of making mistakes. He was confident when what he was doing, he was decisive. He, his footwork in the pocket was generally pretty good. I, I would really encourage anyone who's not aware, but um, there's this guy. I'm sure you've probably seen his video, Shref, but if anyone's listening, uh, JT O'Sullivan on YouTube, he does the quarterback school. He does film break- breakdowns probably about three about three a week or so. He gets, he does them, on a, he gets them out very quickly. They're probably about ranging anywhere from about 20 to 40 minutes. So probably about a half hour and he does a really good job. So if anyone's looking to kind of break down or like watch film of certain quarterbacks, I I really recommend his channel. He did a Mason Rudolph breakdown this week and there were really very few errors. There was only one bad overthrow to Deontay, but it was out of bounds. So it wasn't like a putting the ball into harm's way type of bad throw. It was kind of just a missed opportunity, bad throw. But he was just very good. There's really no criticism you could really say about that performance. And although I really enjoyed his performance and I was rooting for him and I'm very happy that he was able to get this opportunity and take advantage of it, I am skeptical whether or not that it can be replicated. Because we've seen it all across the league, not just this year, but pretty much since like the start of football, really. The backup comes in, provides a spark, Maybe the other team, even though they knew Rudolph was going to be playing, the Bengals did. And it it was like a situation where he kind of came in mid-game, but still, there's not too much film out on Mason Rudolph, especially recent film. And what I'm saying is, like, we've seen it a lot. There's a lot of examples where a backup comes in, has a good game to maybe three-game stretch, but then kind of comes back down to earth. Example, Tommy DeVito. I know he didn't have a good week against the Saints the week prior, but still... He was riding high for about two or three weeks, and then it all kind of comes crashing down. So I'm not in any way rooting for it. I want to reiterate that. I hope this continues for as long as it possibly can. I'm just not too optimistic that it will. And it, it kind of provides a little bit of a conundrum here with Kenny recovering from this injury. If Mason didn't play well, I'd I feel like there's no way that Kenny would like still. They're saying he's still kind of at the tail end of his recovery. I feel like if Mason had a terrible performance, there's no way Kenny would be still recovering. And I put still recovering in air quotes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'd be out there no matter what against Seattle. So I don't know. At this point, I just want whoever is going to give us the best opportunity to win the game. I'm really excited to see what Kenny's going to look like. 
um, post Matt Canada because we only got a game and not even half of that. So I want to see more reps in a, in an offense where maybe he can play more freely. But if Mason's getting the job done, I'm not going to complain either way. So we don't. The Steelers overall don't quite control our own destiny. But if we do win these final two games, I think many sites have our playoff chances around 90 to 94 percent so it's a very good chance we will make the playoffs if we win these last two games last thing i'll say then i'll turn it over to you if if you want to ask any questions or have some type of dialogue about the steelers just kind of want to mention george pickens because that was he was kind of the focal point of last week's episode for us and a lot of uh attention in the pittsburgh media landscape i mean clearly he was the most dominant player in the field this past uh saturday he had nearly 200 yards and two touchdowns and his big playability was pretty much utilized to the highest potential that it could. And everything is all sunshine and rainbows. Now, you know, picking a great game, but what happens next time when he has a very pedestrian or terrible stat line, like what happens then he's too, he's still way too volatile. And, and that's why I kind of preface it or whatever it was five, 10 minutes ago when we were talking about Sirianni is, I feel like your mannerisms have to pretty much be indistinguishable between losses and wins. So it's just not a way, it's not a stable environment with him. And it either it has it still has to like one week doesn't fix what happened last week. Um and I don't know if it ever will. I hope it does, but I'm also not expecting it to because I've seen this thing play out with other Steelers receivers as well. So we'll see. He just um, is frustrating. But when this stuff happens, you take it. You know, you're never going to complain about a, a, a gigantic performance like he had on Saturday. So that's all I have to say. What do you have to say, if anything, about the Steelers? You know, I agree with you with Pickens. I was going to say the same thing like this. A game like this isn't when we want to see his reaction. It's when it doesn't go so hot that we got to see. And uh, hopefully, maybe, I don't know. Like, I, I'm i still going to hold out hope. And it's like, it, it, it's funny when people online, like, try to have, like, that gotcha moment. And it's like, this is for all, like, the people that were hating on George Pickens. It's like, well, we weren't we weren't hating on him because of, like, his football ability. Like, it, like... No. The football ability is why it's more frustrating that he's doing the things that he does because like he he is fantastic. He's so much like he's one of the most entertaining receivers to watch in football. So like if he can just control the emotions a little bit, it's really all it's going to take. It's really all it's going to take. And what I was going to add as well is so Deontay Johnson. Everyone, if you recall the Bengals game when. Um, the fumble happened right in front of him. Remember, he didn't make didn't make the effort to go recover it or chase down the guy getting uh, the Bengals player who received or excuse me picked up the fumble. At least, even though there is many things wrong with that situation, and Deontay is his own, he has his own shortcomings, personality wise. I feel like at least he owned up to it, and. Who knows? It could have been a hollow apology, but at least he like uh, like said the right things and mm. said like, "Oh, I messed up. This won't happen again." Blah blah blah. Like I said, it could have been not sincere, but at least he said the right things. Pickens said, "I was trying to avoid injury." That's not what you say. 
like that like just say even if you don't mean it just say i'm sorry this won't happen again say that yeah that's like the bare 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 minimum yeah and then the flip side of it i i love jalen warren man like he oh my the, goodness yeah block on that calvin austin touchdown was one of the best things i've ever seen he um like it, it's all it's the perfect like it was the perfect opportunity to like talk the talk and then walk the walk like after saying that he would have blocked uh after the whole george picking things like he 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 would have blocked. He's correct. Um, it's it, it's such a like especially at that. What is he twenty four? Like having that much aware. Um, like that block was one thing, but just his pass blocking in general when they leave him back there, like the his just awareness. It is such a benefit to have, and like it 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 feels like as the season's gone on, they've been able to kind of find this perfect balance between him and Najee, and like when when they should be out there on the field. So I'm I'm excited to see how that looks going into next season. No, he's, he's been a great pass protector. I mean, I've been paying more attention to it this year, but a hundred percent all of this year. And he probably was honestly his, the rookie year and in in college, probably unless it's something he approved upon, but I think it's, I I feel like I saw something about it that what, like, I don't know if he was necessarily like bad at it, but it wasn't something that he was like known for coming out. I don't think. Yeah, but he's he's small. He's a small dude. Yeah. He's just very good at it. And honestly, Calvin Austin, his touchdown against the Raiders week three on Sunday Night Football when he caught a, a big, long 75-yard yep. touchdown pass was solely because of Jalen Warren. If, if Warren mm-hmm. doesn't yep. make that good of a block, Kenny does not have the opportunity to throw that ball. And then same thing, who knows if he would have scored on, on Saturday if, if Warren's block wasn't so ferocious. So Calvin Austin should be throwing Jalen Warren a couple bucks saying like, yeah, hey, thanks, thanks for these touchdowns. And Especially Jalen Warren, Warren's been yeah. missing out on some game checks. Right. <laughs> Jalen Warren needs it. So, yeah, um, yeah he, he's just a fantastic player and very, very grateful to have him on, on the team. Steelers take on Seattle 4 o'clock on, uh, on Sunday. So, to keep our playoff hopes alive, need to win this game. And uh, the, the report as of now, if Kenny is not good to go, that Mason will play. So it sounds like Mason's going to play, but we'll still have to monitor over the next few days or so. Our picks. Streff and I did all right. Yeah. We were both two and one. Jack was one and two. So that kind of narrows the gap between Jack and myself. Jack had the Cowboys plus one and a half. They did not quite get there. They lose to the Dolphins. And Jack had the Seahawks minus two and a half. They won by three. So that was another close one. And his total. Another heartbreaker. Back-to-back weeks in a row. He had the Cardinals-Bears over 43.5, and and the total gets to 43, just like last week when he, or two weeks ago when he picked the Colts and Steelers total, and that missed by either a point and a half or or half a point. So Jack goes to 1-2 and on the week. And for myself, I picked the Eagles minus 11.5. I think I said last episode that the Eagles, when I picked them, whether that be spread or a total that they were involved in, I was four and zero, and they they didn't uh, continue that streak. So I dropped that one. Chargers plus twelve and a half. I immediately regretted it as soon as it came out of my mouth last episode. I'm like, why did I pick the Chargers? But their interim head coach theory is real. The guys play hard, and uh, they didn't quite win, but they came very close. They only lost by two yeah. to the Bills on Saturday. So. 
you know, that, that aged pretty well. And I also had the Cowboys dolphins under 50 and a half. And that was pretty comfortable throughout the whole game. So I went two and one on the week and I bring my record to only a half game back of Jack. So two weeks to go and I'm a half game back. Draft did pretty well for himself as well. Two and one had the lions minus three. That game was back and forth, but the lions kind of, uh, they took care of business at the end. Jeff also had the Rams minus four, and I, I wasn't really, I wouldn't say taunting you, but I was, you know, making you maybe aware that it was very public. Uh, I think public was ninety-one percent on the Rams, but that didn't matter. They took care of business on Thursday Night Football, public, and they well, the you know, sharps can't account for Derek Carr. You have to account for Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I think yeah, he's the exception of the rule. If uh, mm-hmm. If the public's against Derek Carr, they, they may be on to something there. Mm-hmm. And of course, <laughs> sadly, Shreff did not get his total. I think he is... I'm going to verify this, what your, what your record is for the totals um, this like year. 10 and overs? 0-9? So for totals in general, you're 3-13, and 13, and you're 0-8 and in overs. So, yeah. <laughs> But Shreff had the Raiders, Chiefs over 41 and a half. And uh, the Chiefs didn't do anything to help Treff out there. Bringing Treff's record for the week to two and one, and his season record to sixteen thirty one and one. Yeah. So you are, let's see, nine, eight and a half games back of Jack, eight games back of me. Yeah, at this point, my at this point, my my thought process is the playoffs are a new season for me. Yeah, yeah. Try to get some momentum Insane. going into the going into the playoffs in the last two weeks. And uh, at one point, I was like zero and eleven, right? Zero and twelve for oh to start this or no, yeah. You like you had a stretch where you missed ridiculous. like so. I'll have to go back and look, but if we take out those first ones, I'm still bad, but I'm not that bad, <laughs> right? All right. So this week, Jack's not here. And I know he he technically has first priority, but he agreed to this, so we're gonna go do it this way. I'm gonna pick. Shreff's gonna get two. I'm gonna get two, and then Shreff will pick his final one. Go one, 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 one all the way through. Uh, yeah, let's do that. I guess that make it doesn't make sense to do a snake when you have two people. I guess. Yeah. So we'll do that. We'll rotate uh, selections here, and then Jack will just get his pick of the litter from what we ever we don't pick. We'll see if he fades Shreff. Feel like he's been going away from that strategy. A little bit. I think he that was just like his automatic. There was a time strategy. when it was the right thing to do. I, I feel like I yeah. made it so it's not that guaranteed. Maybe on on totals it might still be, but yeah, you're particular. So you so I know we kind of said his totals, but sh- picking underdogs and overs. Mm-hmm. Shreff is zero and nine when picking underdogs, and zero and eight when picking overs. Yeah. So zero and seventeen for them, but picking favorites, you're thirteen nine and one. So you're actually pretty good at picking favorites. Mm-hmm. Unders three and five, still not great there, but not as historically bad as the other two. But okay, maybe if you pick underdog or overs, he'll fade. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So my first selection here, gonna be honest, don't love any of these. And usually that doesn't really even matter. I love it either. That doesn't really even matter because I feel like a lot of times when you feel super confident, it doesn't work out, and vice versa. The example with me with the Chargers last week. But I'm going to be going with the Lions plus six. It feels like a matchup of teams that I view as relatively equal. Um, I know the Cowboys have been very dominant at home, and they are at home this week, but 
I don't know. The both teams have looked very good, but they've had some shaky games as well. I'll just be going with the Lions because they're getting six, and that's nearly a touchdown. So I don't know. I don't feel like I said, I don't feel super confident about it, but I feel like it'll be a close game. And I uh, don't know if the Lions are going to win, but I think they can get it to a field goal. Jameer Gibbs has just been on fire, and uh, I just expect him just to be dynamite whenever he touches the ball. And uh, yeah, this is a fun game. It's on Saturday. So it's going to be a, a fun little matchup between two teams that are right in the thick of the playoffs. So that'll be a lot of fun. I got the Lions plus six. Yeah, I got no problem with that. I think six for the Lions at this point is a lot, especially with how Dallas has been playing. I know it's at home, but the the Lions are one of those teams just because they won the division. They're not they're not done playing football yet. They're going to keep playing football. Yeah, definitely not. I, I think I handicapped this game at like three. So I think that's six cool. seemed like yeah. it seemed the six seemed a little too much. Yeah, no, I agree. Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stay true to what to what's worked. The only things that have worked for me. Um, I'm gonna take the Texans minus four and a half at home against the Titans. Stroud practiced today. Uh, he's set to be back. Um, this offense is night and day when he plays versus when uh, who's the backup? Is it Keenum? Is it, is it Case Keenum that's been in there? Yeah. Yep. Not, he's a he's not like the fun version of a backup quarterback. He's not the he's not the one that like slings it all around, throws like four picks, but maybe throws like two touchdowns, and it's kind of fun. He doesn't he doesn't do that. Uh, Stroud's gonna come in, throw the ball. Uh, the Titans are kind of dead ducks walking at this point. Uh, not too much to play for. The Texans, on the other hand, are very much uh, a control your destiny type of team right now. Especially, I think week seventeen is them Colts playing each other, right? Yep. So that that feels like a potential like win and in type of game. Um, so got to take care of business here first. Uh, most of this is just coming from Stroud being back. Uh, I think it's going to help a lot. The running game's been better with Singletary kind of leading the charge for them now. And I don't know. Uh, the, the Titans just don't inspire me much just with the roster in, in general. So I will I will take the Texans at home, four and a half. Yeah. Um it's definitely good to get Stroud back and we'll see if the, the Texans can get into the playoffs, which seems pretty blasphemous to say preseason. I I mean I really don't think anyone had them. Trying to think, Maybe. I'm trying to remember how many games I, I might have had him win him like six. I think I had him winning like four or five or six. I had them and the Colts pretty much in like the same realm, and they were both definitely under 500 for sure. Yeah, so we'll see. I'd like to see the Texans in the playoffs. I think they're they'd be an intriguing team. Yeah, I'm gonna be going with the Arizona Cardinals plus 10 and a half. I feel yeah, like it's kind of a spite pick from last week because the Eagles. <laughs> Didn't take care of business. Uh, like I said, I'll be at the game, so I'll get to see it firsthand. And uh, the Eagles' defense still wasn't very good. So hopefully the, the Cardinals can make something happen. And 10.5 points is still a lot. So they don't even have to get super close, but make it close enough, Arizona. There. Mm-hmm. I try to buck the trend. <laughs> you can't just, I don't know. I can't just I, stop. I can't I just feel not. like it's, it's just unlucky. 
So I feel like it you is. can't just like actively avoid underdogs and overs, but that's my thought. That's my thought. So mm. I feel like Jack if you do though, Jack is going to probably I know, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pounce on it. But that's just kind of a that's just kind of a risk I have to take, I think, isn't it? Maybe there's some type of deeper meaning not deeper meaning i don't want to get like too philosophical but maybe there's like things we can break down like when you pick the the underdog they're like their home underdogs i'd have to go back and like check but I'll, maybe i'll try to find some like other correlations that's just not blindly oh you stink at picking underdogs maybe there's something else at play there no, you know what there actually is there's another favorite that i actually kind of like so i'm gonna I'm, right. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stick with it okay um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chiefs minus seven at home against the Bengals. I don't like that one. I know. I figured you wouldn't. It, it, it's no. a big one. Seven's a lot. Uh, I think. I mean, obviously, you, you got to watch it up close and personal. But I think the the whole uh, Jake Browning can do the same thing as Joe Burrow conversation kind of got put to rest. It, it, Did anyone say that? Like, I didn't hear anyone say that. They weren't saying that, but it, it was like a it was like a look at Jake Browning stat line. Like that, I there there were people out there who were trying to diminish Burrow a little bit. I did see it, I did see it. Um, but nonetheless, either way, um, he kind of got taken back to reality a little bit. The Chiefs are a mess, an absolute mess right now, and I know they're an absolute mess, and that's why I feel like I got to take him right now. It feels like a bounce back game scenario. They're back at home. Uh, the Bengals, I think, are officially eliminated, right? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, they're I mean, only they're eight, they're eight, they're eight and seven. So if they win, I, the next I, I two, guess they're not officially eliminated then. But either way, it, it's going to be a big game, obviously. But the Chiefs' defense, although the Raiders kind of found their way to seventeen points at halftime, they pretty much did nothing that entire second half. The Chiefs' offense could just just could not get it going. Um, so I'm confident in the defense. Uh, the offense is going to have to obviously figure some stuff out. They're at a low point right now, so only place to go is up. And seven's a lot, and it, it's going to be an uncomfortable one. But it being uncomfortable is why I feel like I got to take it by low. Yeah. All right. So my total. I don't know why I didn't, just didn't pick it first. It's probably the most confident one I'm in that I, that I that I came up with here. That being said, I don't feel super confident about it, but it's the uh, Panthers-Jags over 38. Both defenses played really bad last week. The The Panthers got in a shootout with the Packers, and the Jags just completely let the Bucks walk all over them. So it just feels a little shootouty, a little bit. I know that the Jags are kind of banged up on offense, but if the Jags are ever going to right the ship, it's right now. So maybe they'll kind of will their way to points. I don't know. It's just 38 seemed kind of low for two defenses that I don't have much confidence in. So, and Bryce Young, I know he struggled this year, but he did play well last week. Uh, I think he had three, over 300 yards and two touchdowns. So maybe he's turning, turning a leaf. I don't know. We'll see. I but I think 38's, I would have thought this maybe be like 40. It's a little um, low. It's a little I think 38 just seemed, yeah, a little too low. So, Unless there's an injury I'm not aware of, which I don't think there is, I think this is a. Uh, I like this one, and I usually don't like overs, so I um I'll, I'll go with that one. 
Is it still 38? I, I did this earlier today. I hope I'm saying all the correct numbers. Uh, yeah, it's 38. I want to cool. check the weather real quick in the game. Oh, yeah, we don't have Jack or Jacksonville uh, meteorologist here to help us out with the Jacksonville weather. A little early to know for sure what this is going to look like. I'm more looking for temperature. We also are four or five days out, so, oh, okay. you know, weather that's changes. Really, that's perfect. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try to buck one of my trends. I'm going to take it over. I'm going to take it over. I'm going to go for a low number, try to, try to get it over top of it. I'm going to take the over 40.5 in the Bills-Patriots game. Mm. My total. Um, Bills have kind of found their groove a little bit. Uh, I know Bill Belichick defenses can sometimes get the best of the Bills. It happened once this year already. But it feels like this Bills team is kind of rolling downhill a little bit. I know they lost a, a, or won a nail-biter against the Chargers. But, you know, I said it in that Eagles game. When it's this time of the season, you just got to find ways to win, however that is. Um, I'm not betting on them to cover. I'm just betting on them to score some points. And... The Patriots offense still isn't good, but with Bailey Zappi in there, it seems like they found some form of like continuity a little bit. So uh, it's a pretty low total. I know it's a divisional game, so it could get a little ugly. But uh, I think at at the minimum, I think the Bills offense is going to be able to move the ball a little bit. So I think some points will get scored. Yeah, I, I know it was quite a while ago, but I be, if I'm not mistaken, I think, I think it was still high scoring, wasn't it? It was 29-25, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, they still put up some points. Yeah, I don't need the Bills to win. I just need them to score points. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. I, one of my backups was the Patriots plus 11.5, though. I think they'll well, keep it relatively close. Um, I do think the Bills will still win. But... but I was checking the weather. As of now, it's supposed to be like 40 and clear. I, I was more just making sure that it wasn't going to be like freezing cold so that there could be a chance of like crazy snow or something like that. Right. I thought you were checking the weather for the Jacksonville game when, no, you, were, no. when you said that. But uh, yeah, so our picks are I the Lions plus six, the Cardinals plus ten and a half, and the Panthers Jags over 38. Jeff had the Texans minus four and a half, the Chiefs minus seven, and the Patriots Bills over 40 and a half. That isn't over. So Jack may be taking a, a closer look at that one, but. Yeah, the, the only other one that I had that I was kind of considering was the Falcons Bears over 37 and a half. And I ultimately shied away just because Chicago's defense has actually been playing so well recently. And Taylor so, Hyde is so hit or miss. Yeah, so I just I couldn't confidently say, okay, this one. I just have a feeling that one could go over, but the Falcons are liable to put up like three points in, in any yeah. given week. So I, I couldn't um, couldn't actually pull the trigger on that one i thought about the under in the niners commanders game 49 and a half but i didn't want to be the one to bet the under then have the niners score 50 on their own so i so i i, I decided against it yeah washington's defense is it's bad it's a, really as bad, bad as advertised i mean they made the jets the, the jets put up like what like almost 30 points on them if not yeah, 30 I, points I was, right? I, was, I was thinking like because I, I think Brissett's officially starting the rest of the year i was thinking like Hill, I don't know if the Washington would score that much, but he he at least probably wouldn't turn the ball over, so that would maybe keep it low scoring. But even then, the not the Washington's defense, I just I can't put faith in an under with Washington's defense right now. Even so, you know, going back to that, isn't that surprising to you? Hmm. Like just playing Jacoby Brissett in the last two games of the season, as opposed to Sam Howell. Yeah, it, it, it's. 
it's weird. It, it's definitely weird, especially like at this point with nothing to lose. I don't know if they're thinking it's like a confidence thing, but I would argue that benching him with two games left might be more of a confidence like debilitator than it would be to leave men and have him like play not great. But yeah, it's know. not like they're on a fringe of a playoff spot and like yeah. Jacoby Brissett yeah. gives them the best chance to win right now. They're four and 11. Yeah, like it's over. It, it's over for sure. I don't like, and then and then it's just weird because it like then it makes the conversation next year weirder if they end up drafting a quarterback. Like there's just there's a lot of question marks, and I feel like they're they're making it harder on themselves by doing this. But well, when faced with a decision, I feel like Washington rarely makes the right one. So yeah, it's on brand. Is, I mean, this is I would assume Ron Rivera's final act as head coach. He maybe wants to like try to squeeze out two more wins for his sanity before he gets the the boot yeah it seems like he's almost certainly gonna either not be coaching next year or find a new home somewhere yeah all right folks that is our episode thank you so much for listening hope you had a nice christmas holiday season and next time we talk to you it'll be 2024 so Mm -hmm. have a good new year's fantasy championships this week so Maybe if yeah, uh, you guys are in one it, left. I got one. You got left. one. Yeah, I have two, but they're probably my two uh, lesser priority leagues. But still, I mean, I can one, win a little bit of my win a little. The one I'm left in is monetarily the left. The one I'm left in is good, but in terms of like bragging rights, not as not as fun. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can turn a little bit of a profit there. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will catch you next time with another episode. 